listening to Entertainment Landfill. Film, television, pop culture. It's where you find it. Hello? Hello, Steven. Hello. Hey, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Hey, it's the magic of Skype. I'm talking to Steven. Hey, how goes it? (laughs) Fantastic. Awesome. I just thought I would... uh, record something with you. And you know what I was thinking about recently is that I need to start offering exclusives to patrons only, shows only patrons can listen to. So I thought, uh, hey, that's what you and I will record right now, an exclusive only for patrons. Sweet. Pretty cool. So, uh, Stephen, welcome to our Patreon exclusive show. And uh, tell everyone where you are right now. I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Wow. You know what's funny is I told Heather earlier that, yeah, Stephen's in El Paso. No, wait. He's in Santa Fe. No, wait. He's in El Paso. I don't, can't remember where he is. Like I, <laughs> I flew to El Paso to meet my friend Chris. She and I and her son drove up here. Oh, so you, to, you uh, started out in El Paso, and now you're in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, we went. Uh, she invited me to go on a, her vacation with her to go rafting and we went rafting yesterday down the Rio Grande and okay. uh, had a lot of fun it was crazy that's cool you do a lot of walking today yeah today there was a yeah you saw the, the all the posts the post on Facebook my friend she posted with the, all the art galleries and stuff and and uh, so I'm a member there to one of our local museums I got in pre to like three museums here. <laughs> I was like, nice. do, you, do you do a reciprocal program? And they're like, yeah. Like, sweet. So I didn't have to pay. <laughs> Did you turn to your friend and go, you're a, you're out of luck, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, because it's, it's, you get two free oh, nice. people. Nice. Excellent. So she, so she got the, yeah, you get to take one person with you. Yeah. Her son was being, uh, um, he was a little tired from all the stuff yesterday, so he was didn't want to go. He was, like, worn out. So he just sat around his aunt's house. So let me ask you this. They have, great they have concession stands at these places, right? Or, you know, they have little eating areas, right? Where you can get... Where at? Museums. Some museums. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some do, yeah. Did any of the ones you went to have eating areas, and did you go to them? Um, no, uh, we, they were kind of in this like central market market area. Right. They were real close, and they had like this big town square, and they're having some uh, big pancake fest <laughs> downtown tomorrow, nice. and the art festival of some sort. So they were setting up all these tents, and they getting all these. I guess griddles ready to start frying and flipping pancakes in the morning. Oh, please tell me you're going to that. <laughs> we were thinking about it. It's like, it's, uh, you know. Uh, Sounds but, awesome. But uh, I think, yeah, we think we're going to head down. we got to start heading back because we're going to go to a fireworks show tomorrow night. Because we got to be back to El Paso tomorrow night so I can catch my flight on Sunday. <laughs> right. So I don't know if it'll have time for a pancake fest. 
Come on, Pancake Fest sounds like awesome. <laughs> pancakes, pancakes, pancakes. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought when I saw it. This town is having everything. It's got your junk monkeys. It's got Pancake Fest. <laughs> I know. Stop at Pancake Fest. You know, that's so funny that uh, I actually tweeted that picture. Um, if, <laughs> if listeners remember, Stephen and I talked about when I wrote a script about a guy who was in school and he couldn't get in the film program and he wanted to make his own movie. The movie was called Junk Monkeys. And Stephen sent me a picture that of a place called Junk Monkeys. And I was like, what? And it, it's like a, um, a thrift store, right? Yeah, it looks like, yeah. We drove by it yesterday, and I started laughing. She was, what are you laughing at? I'm like, junk monkeys. Oh, it's kind of an inside, you know. It's not an inside joke, but it's just inside knowledge that I had, you know. It's awesome. And I, I was like, we got to we gotta go by there. I got to get a picture. So Jason's going to piss himself. <laughs> I know. I thought it was awesome. Really cool. I was like, he's going to be upset. Somebody's got junk monkeys now. <laughs> I'm a monkey's uncle. Oh, that's so great. Because in Junk Monkeys, it was about a guy who had OCD, and the dust bunnies and stuff turned into junk monkeys, and they were wreaking havoc in his home. And you weren't (laughs) sure if it was him and his crazy controlling OCD, or if they were real. So if you went to that place, maybe there were junk monkeys there. They hide in your stuff, and you take them (laughs) home. You take them home with you? That'd be funny. Yeah. I was laughing at that place. I was like, holy cow, there's real junk monkeys here. We could do that kind of like the puzzle box in Hellraiser. You go and get the puzzle box. People shop at junk monkeys. Then they take the junk monkeys home with them. And it, they get one of those little sock monkey looking uh, dolls. Yeah. And they're in those. Dude, I love it. We're, we're creating more junk monkey lore here. And, of course, we'd have to go back to that place and film there, wouldn't we? Get permission. Yeah, we found the origin of junk monkeys, where they came from. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, that that was hilarious. So, yes, yeah, she like, she's like, what are you laughing? I said, we got to go back by here and get this junk monkeys. I said, it's, my buddy has a, a story of when she wrote about junk monkeys. <laughs> and try to explain that to somebody who is like, did you just, just trust me. Like, it's funny for me. <laughs> did you just get a look like, I don't understand a word you're saying. Uh, I don't understand junk monkey. <laughs> I, I understand the word junk and I understand the word monkeys, but I don't understand them together. Like, yeah, uh, never mind. <laughs> Inside joke. Steven, I wanted to tell you this story. Uh, it's very important. Okay. Okay. The owner of the Dukes of Hazard General Lee is repainting the roof. That's right. Uh. General Lee has been defeated yet again, and it turns out the only thing corporate America may hate worse than Donald Trump these days is the Confederate flag. Following the June <laughs> 17th mass murder of nine black churchgoers. Oh, my God. Do they really have to get into this? I, I, we don't know all that, but that's really sad. Um. Warner Brothers announced it had stopped licensing Dukes of Hazard merchandise, including toy cars resembling the Duke's famous orange Dodge Charger General Lee. It is orange, isn't it? I always thought of it as red, though. Yeah. The flag also caused TV Land to abruptly stop. The, stop. <laughs> sorry, I got to read phrase this. The that flag also caused TV Land to abruptly drop Dukes from its schedule. 
And now we've word that the 36-year-old golfer Bubba Watson, who owns the General Lee, used in the series, is painting the American flag over the Confederate flag on the reef. Well, that's pretty I good. I thought John Snyder owned one of them, too. I think there was a lot of them, to be honest with you. Didn't they wreck them a lot on the show? Yeah, I think he owned one of the original ones. If not the original one, one of the early ones. But the, Cause I, you know, because I thought that's what he took to like conventions and stuff. Yeah, Bubba Watson said that uh, obviously I love the show, but the flag is offensive to some people. There's been enough buzz. I thought it was the right gesture for me to do. And what's wrong with the American flag? Yeah, do the American flag. Yeah. I have to say, as a kid, a kid, I was totally unawares and dumb. I just didn't even realize what the Confederate flag meant to people. You know what I mean? And so that show was probably not so much racist as it was it just because they were Southern, and it's a Southern emblem. Yeah. You know, they're good boys. They're from the South. They run moonshine, so they're That's obviously... You know, going to run a Confederate flag. I remember a, a kid that I went to, like, uh, middle school with. He had, like, a Confederate flag belt buckle, I remember. <clears throat> Do you, did you grow up, like, seeing the Confederate flag in your friends' rooms or anything like that? Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't think, I think my brother had a Texas flag. I don't remember any Confederate flag. Texas flag? That's even more offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I think my brother had a, a, a Texas, big Texas flag that, you know, from somewhere. I don't know. But it was a huge, you know, one of the big ones. Yeah. That's not going to upset uh, anyone. People love Texas, right? Yeah. It was like, I don't remember any of my friends or my, you know, my brother's friends having that, you know. I don't think it was a big thing, you know, unless it was, you had a Dukes of Hazard toy or lunch. I think I had a lunchbox. Back in the day, I had an orange lunchbox that looked like, you know, the car I had the, you know, obviously the car had the, the emblem on it, but honestly, though, it was did, for the show, for the love for the show. <laughs> we all watched the show because of Daisy, didn't we? We were like, There's, she <laughs> yeah. sure is purdy. <laughs> Come on. I like them shorts, so they're awful short, them shorts. We all knew the show was stupid. Oh yeah, it was just silly fun, you know. But yeah, that's kind of crazy. The, I mean, stop stop airing the show just because now they're going to have to go in and digitally erase the Confederate flag on everything. Well, no, I think they should stop airing it just because it's awful and unwatchable. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't going to spend the money to digitally erase generally and a flag on there. I, I think it'll probably... D Dukes of Hazard will wind up on Netflix or something. I'm surprised it isn't already on there if it's not. Yeah. Or you're just going to have to go buy the DVD set, which is going to become rare now, so you might as well buy 30 copies so you can hawk them on eBay later. Hey, did, did you ever see the Dukes of Hazard uh, movie that the Broken Lizard yes. did? You did? Yes. Was there any kind of uh, reference to the Confederate flag and them being racist in the movie as a joke? Because I would think Not they would, that I remember. You would think they would hit on that as a joke or something. 
Yeah, I don't remember him being doing anything like that in the in the movie. Huh. No, they just had did the uh, no, I don't know his real name, but the guy who played Farva. Yeah. And um he was in he you know, they kind of picked on him a bit in the movie. Like they pick on him in every movie. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's funny is Super Troopers is on right now in the background. Oh, I'm watching John Wick. Nice. <laughs> so are you in? You're in, the, you're in a hotel right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, decent uh, cable channels or not great? Oh yeah, I got H. All it looks like all the HBOs and that's Direct TV. So nice. <laughs> is it in HD too? I hate when it's like. Uh, mm. Uh, no, it's a little tiny. It's, I mean, it's probably a 32-inch TV, it looks like. Right. So, I mean, eh, no, it's not HD. Hey, did you... They're, they're not that upscale. <laughs> <laughs> did you see on Facebook, I posted that picture of from Ash and the Evil Dead? It's really just Ash. No. It's Bruce Campbell standing there with a chainsaw and two two other people but it's the first picture of the new series called ash versus evil dead that's going to roll out on stars it's going to have a 10 episode first season uh here's the thing that kind of threw me off though i thought it was going to be um an hour-long show you know like spartacus or whatever it says game of thrones the stars original series ash versus evil dead is rolling out new teasers this week for the 10 episode first season of the half hour series executive produced by sam raimi but wait half hour it's going to be a half hour show maybe they're testing it at a half hour to see if it's got a uh, big enough following this should be an you know? long show i think it's, I well, they're, they're gonna they're testing it the first season. And it's like, yeah, there's That's excitement, like but sitcom, you know, you know, timetable <laughs> there. I mean, I know it so is going to be comedic, and you know, it's going to have horror elements, of course, but it's going to have comedic elements too. Because come on, it is uh, Evil Dead. Yeah. But when I read that it was half hour, it was it's pretty disappointing to me. But you know, I'll take with what what they get it's, what i get yeah it's going to be a continuation story that's going to run 10, 10 episodes so you're going to get cliffhangers every week probably yeah it's kind of like think? it's only half an hour i'm you know i'm going to want want to watch it every week but that's the kind of thing you binge watch also <laughs> cuz it's so short <laughs> and it'll end every yeah week 30 minutes time. yeah you're going to Kill that in a day. And you know it's going to be on a cliffhanger every week, too. It's got some yeah. kind of teaser on here. Let's see what this is. It's just dripping blood and uh, blood dripping off a chainsaw. <laughs> Groovy. Nice. That was what you call a teaser. It was only like a few seconds long. <laughs> But, yeah, it's going to be fun. But you understand what I mean, right? The fact that it's only 30 minutes is like, oh. Yeah. Maybe they'll be like, we need more. We're going to have an hour-long next season or something. Yeah, like you said, it's they're, they're testing it to see, do they get enough story? Maybe they just were 
didn't have enough story for a full hour or, you know, for, for 10 episodes, 10 hours of, of uh, story. Yeah, so maybe, they're like, okay, maybe. we got, we got this essentially. It's a not quite movie length, you know, it's and, 10 episodes at 30 minutes. So that's probably good movie length wor- worth of story there, you know? Right. Yeah. Still, I want more, but <laughs> it'll be. I I bet you it's going to be a lot of fun and silly. So I'm excited about that. You take what they give you, sir. Yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> I love that. And there'll be no complaining. Army of Darkness, <laughs> one of the greatest movies ever. Am I right? Yes, I saw it in the theaters along with Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn. Who wants to have a winner? Hell yeah. Those are great movies. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, my friend from high school, me, Dave and Mark, went and saw that. It was probably obviously before I met you. <laughs> Do you remember this well, from I the movie? I went and seen it with you in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I love those movies. I love the idea of turning it into a TV series, too, because, you know, they did the Evil Dead uh, remake or reboot or whatever that was. Would you say it's a reboot? And it's just not the same. You need Bruce Campbell there. Am I right? Yeah, I don't need a female Ash. Not that there's anything, you know, wrong with female being, but... But you can't... It's hard to replace Bruce Campbell. As Ash, as far as you've known, has been a male. Right. So re-scripting it as a female is just kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Campbell is so, like, distinctive, it's hard to replace him. (coughs) For anybody, male or female actor. Yeah, I mean, who, who, who else could pull it off, you know? Now, if you do something like Ash hooks up with the chick from, you know, the S Martin, they have a child, then there's Ash Jr. Then you got, you know, you can make a little changes there. <laughs> yeah. And he takes on the, he takes on the mantle of responsibility of killing deadites. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, you could do something like that. Not you, but, you know, they could no, do I something could. like that. You're right, I could, Steven. Yeah. You could, sure. Why not? You know, it kind of sucks you're out of town because I would totally ask you if you would want to go see Terminator with me tomorrow. But you're out of town. What's going on there, man? Well, I'm just having some fun. Sure, it's 20. Can go, go see on. some of the old fireworks tomorrow night down oh, by nice. Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Oh, great Kiefer Sutherland movie there. <laughs> So, yeah, we're going to be down that way somewhere. Are you going to go see Terminator while you're out there? <laughs> no, I think they're... We talked about going to a movie. It's just like, yeah, I'm tired and the sun beat down from the from the uh, rafting yesterday. Yeah, I can only like, imagine how hot was it there today. Do you know the official temperature? It, it actually didn't get too bad because it's been raining every evening about, you know, 7 or 8 o'clock. So, I mean, it's, um, we start, by the time we got down in, after rafting, it was 
I call it, it's not what they call it an all day trip, you know, to, we leave from Santa Fe here and you drive like an hour and a half up into the mountains. Right. And, uh, you, uh, raft down halfway or so. And it's all easy, rapid stuff, the first half. And then, um, you stop for lunch and they, we get sandwiches. Mm, and then, uh, <laughs> then we get back on and then you got the tougher rapids, the class two and three rapids. And like the last rapid is the toughest one and they take pictures of you going into it, you know. Pork chop sandwiches! <laughs> no pork chop sandwiches. I wish. <laughs> Did you ever at one point go, I don't want to do this anymore. It's scary. <laughs> no, because on the second leg, they put me in the front of the raft, you know, so I was taking the brunt of the water, you know, getting spit in the face. But the, the last one was huge, and I thought the the, the girl sitting behind me, um, she thought I, she goes, it hit you so hard, I thought you were going over. She got knocked out of the raft on another Rapid. Oh, wow, I'm like, really? no, I was pretty wedged in. I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> Holy crap. Had you ever done that before? No. Nope. That was my first time. Was it fun? Would you do it again? Yeah, it was pretty fun. I thought, you know, the, the first uh, the first half is kind of like uh, the lazy river, and it's got a few little, you know, few little rapid areas, nothing terrible. But you got to kind of go with people, I guess I say your strength level, not skill level, because, you know, her son's 12 years old and he's not going to paddle as hard as I am. So, you know, the, the, he's on the other side and, and uh, you know, so it's like I'm going like she tells me, you know, and we're trying to keep everybody in sync and all that stuff. So it's, you kind of have to have people at the same skill I say skill level, but that's not a right word. But because I had no skill in paddling, you know, other than what they told tell you to do. Strength and size but, probably helps. Yeah, strength and size, and and uh, I guess she found out later that on the second half, the rougher rapids, he got a little scared. You know, like she kept she would stop paddling and hold him in place. You know, <laughs> I was like, you really need to everything to hold on to go in, you know, so. Yeah. What about afterwards in the walk back to the car? Are you thinking, yeah, let's not do that again. Or, (laughs) or that was, you know, I, uh, the only, the only thing that I thought was, like I said, I, I, uh, I had my nice pair of nice sunglasses on. And I thought when we hit the last big splash, I thought, you know, I got, I couldn't see anything, just splash, splash of water all in my face, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'm covered in water from head to toe, and, and um, you know, I was like, I, I, I couldn't see, you know, it was like one of those ones, I was like, when you come up out of it, I'm trying to, I know we're still in the rapids a little bit, and trying to clear my vision so I know we're not going to run into rocks or anything, you know, the chicken that, that, that's leading our pack you know she's like you know paddle left paddle right whatever <laughs> so I, mean, I wasn't scared or anything you know i wasn't i didn't i never got scared or anything you know it's like they wouldn't let you know 
this isn't what they let you do if you're, you know, for beginners. They're, yeah, you they're know. not going to let you die on the trip. Right. Or they're going like really to hard. It was the last trip. big uh, falls, and everything else after that was very calm, you know. So, okay, so you you fall out on the big rocks, you know, and you wash down a little bit, you know, 20 yards or so, and then they scoop you back up in the boat. Did you have a, no a nice? Did you have a nice uh, adrenaline rush there? Um, I don't remember it being super, you know, because I, I didn't think it was. I didn't think there was any danger in it to get an adrenaline rush. To personally, okay, you know, I think it, you know if you want to think of it like more like a roller coaster, you know, if, if you think of a scare of a roller coaster, yeah, yeah, maybe it's, maybe as much as that, you know, it's like an excitement more than a. Fear and adrenaline fear, maybe an adrenaline excitement. You know? Yeah. Danger. Danger. A, My name is Anakin. A, if you want to call it a scary roller coaster or a big roller coaster. Okay. Yeah. Doing the That's what I would <laughs> <laughs> You keep doing that. <laughs> but no, yeah, it was fun. It was good. Cool. It sounds like you're doing a lot of, you know, sometimes when you take a vacation, you end up not doing anything. Does it feel better to actually do a bunch of stuff? Yeah. I mean, other than sometimes when you don't do anything on your vacation, it drags, you know, like this one's kind of blowing by pretty quickly, you know, because you're doing things. Yeah. You know? um, I mean, we kind of finish in the, in the afternoons and by, you know, we go get dinner and then by then we're all exhausted, you know, it's like, all right, um, Let's go. Let's <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> Didn't you? Uh, that's another thing you did before you actually went to uh, El Paso and Santa Fe. You flew to Chicago to see you too. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> a little insane, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a last minute decision. I think I talked with you about it after we did the show last Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I don't know. And your wife was like, dude, you only live once. Do it. <laughs> oh, come on. I don't know. It just sits a half like a fan and all this. <laughs> but your wife kind of inspired me to do it. Just go ahead and do it. <laughs> I heard that in my head. <laughs> yeah, just do it. So yeah, like yeah, like Saturday after uh, Saturday, I was looking. I was like, okay, if this one ticket that I've been looking at is still there, I'm gonna do it. And I clicked on there, and it wasn't available. I'm like, crap. Okay, I'm not going. You know, so <laughs> I, I hit refresh a couple of times, and all of a sudden that sheet I've been looking at for a week was there. And I'm like, crap. Okay, I'm going. <laughs> nice. Did they play? So I guess wh whoever was trying to buy the ticket ran out. You know when you um, when you're when you're logged on to one of these, the, the, you know the Ticketmaster site, whatever. You're you got time, a certain amount of time to buy things. Right. And I, and I guess people's time had ticked out. And yeah, so they, when that one popped up, I was like, "Holy cow!" Okay. They ended so up not getting the ticket, and it timed out, and then, boom, you could get the ticket then. Then I swooped in and grabbed it. Do they play all your favorite yeah. songs? Yeah. Yeah, I, there was a lot that I liked, and their show was pretty cool. You know, it was 
It was just them for about three hours. There was no opening band. You know, and they played, you know, it just seemed like they went on forever, you know. So, all right, first, uh, here's the first, you know, get all the way up to, I call it the intermission or something, you know, almost intermission like where they, they played a video of one of their songs that Johnny Cash sang it. I don't know if you know this song, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So they played the song, and then they they were, well, I'm guessing while that was playing, they were setting up, their stage was, they had two stages, one on either end of the stadium. And, uh, and so they, I guess they were setting up over there, and then they played six or eight songs down there, then they came back to the main stage, and then they did that whole little middle section of this kid stage. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Very enjoyable. Did they play our song, Stephen? Yes, they did. I I almost <laughs> by the time it had started going on, I was going to video it and you know send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Until the end of the world. That's our song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used to like uh, we'd sing the say the lyrics to each other. It's always hilarious. But, you know, it was uh, it was fun, crazy. Yeah, because I flew back here, I flew back home, had to get ready to fly out here the next day. So it was like I flew home Friday, flew out Sunday afternoon, watched the concert, flew out Monday afternoon, or flew back home Monday afternoon, flew back out Tuesday afternoon. Now I'm flying back Sunday, and then I'll have to fly out again Monday to go back to work. And there's no way, if you didn't travel for a living, you probably would have never done that, would you? No, okay, no. But you're, no, you're, because I had a, you know, how to you know I get all my points for my rental car, so I didn't, my rental car cost me 20 bucks for the tax or something, and then uh, my hotel was free. I didn't have to pay for that. So all I paid was for the concert ticket and um, and parking at the venue, right. and then you know obviously concert T-shirts or whatever you know. That's cool. That's awesome. When do you have to go back? And then I got a I got a rebate from my CPAP that was covered all that. <laughs> I'd overpaid on it a couple of years ago, and they're just now refunding me money on it. I'm like I, you know, especially I didn't know it was coming and. Oh, nice! I got this check. I got this check. And I'm like, wow, okay, that pays for my concert. Sweet. <laughs> cool. Like how so, that it was, works out. so it was essentially a free concert for him. <laughs> so I was asking so, you, yeah. should I ask you, when do you have to go? What's back that? Work? When do you have to go back to work? On Monday. Oh, boo! Am I right? <laughs> it's a short plane ride up to Wichita, Kansas. So, do you even have time to go home first? I guess you have. Yeah, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, I'll be home Sunday at noon, a little afternoon. I leave uh, at nine forty-five, ten forty-five your time. It's about an hour and a half flight. So okay. So I've got everything packed up for next week. I think I got to put, you know, got to do the finalized packing when I get home and then and then I'm ready to roll. I'm going to do my 
do some timesheet stuff for work. So, so yeah, I can just relax the rest of Sunday. I don't have to do anything. Maybe go see a movie. <laughs> nice. Yeah, speaking of movie, uh, the Terminator Genesis. Now, you know, I don't know if you remember my first reaction upon seeing the first teaser trailer was, what have they done? This is this is sacrilege. And right. then the more I watched of it, I was like, you know what? It looks like a big, dumb action movie. Maybe it'll be fun to watch. And that's, right. that's honestly the way I feel now. It's neat that Arnold's back as a Terminator. That might be fun to see. But yeah, it's 27% rotten on Rotten Tomatoes and everything. And I expect it to be the kind of movie that we'll go see and promptly forget about it, right? Much like Terminator right. Salvation was. I think the one thing that makes me really want to see it, though, is that Arnold is back as the Terminator. You know? Right. Uh, but yeah, it'd be the the one draw for this. But nothing's as good as the first two Terminator films. And I even saw this yeah. fix uh, article that said, "Which is better, Terminator or Terminator 2? And my reaction is, you don't have to rate them. You know, they're both fantastic. Uh, why yeah. is this conversation? I guess it's just a film geek conversation you can have. They both. So you have... can go like this. Here's you can you can negate that question altogether and say, guess what? One was better because if one didn't happen, two couldn't. Yeah, yeah. It, the reason two is better, the reason no, two exists is because of one, obviously. Right. And all the little nods to the first film are make two awesome. So no, the first one, of course. I just wish it, yep. there, the, the thing is when you watch Terminator and T2, the storyline is over. So all they're doing now is using time travel to keep going back and revisiting. And it becomes ridiculous, you know? Right. Really. It's just, it's a way to just keep making money. I know, obviously, but I kind of right. wish they would just stop. Okay. All right. Write another story. Write another time travel. Robot you, know story. you know what? Honestly, <laughs> You know what I'd rather they do, honestly, even though I don't want them to do it, just remake the first film and then you can remake the second film. Will they be as good? No, but I'd rather that than trying to continue the story with the same characters that whose storyline should be over by now, you know? Yeah. So, so guess what? Not? This happened to this happened, which negates everything else. Okay. End of story. Done. You can't <laughs> yeah. augment this story anymore. But at the same time, I'll probably go see it. You know, I saw different reviews. You know, of course, the special effects are more impressive than ever. But nearly every curveball offered up in this new parallel universe version of the Terminator world isn't as interesting as the original, as the timeline we loved in the first place. Yeah. But then I see one guy, he goes, Terminator Genesis is the first fully worthy successor to Cameron's original films, and it shows Arnold may be old, but he's not obsolete. All right. <laughs> well, did you see, did you, uh, uh, just the the other headline today, or I guess it was yesterday, whatever, the, the robot in the VW plant that crushed a worker. 
and the woman who tweeted it, well, her name was Sarah O'Connor. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 like she didn't realize, you know, the the parallel until somebody pointed out to Sarah Connor, robot kills. <laughs> Sarah O'Connor. Sarah O'Connor. It's like, why is everyone laughing? This isn't funny. It's this terrible. Isn't funny. A robot killed somebody. It's like, but yeah. your name. It's like a, Terminator. Come on. <laughs> a Terminator I don't get it. I'm too young for Terminator. What do you mean? <laughs> That's great. But yeah, I was laughing. I was like, oh, she didn't get the, you know, I was like, I had to read the little article about it. It's like, oh, Sarah O'Connor tweeted Error. about a robot killing. Examine. <laughs> Yikes. Yoink, Scoob. So uh, are you <laughs> are you uh, watching any of the sci-fi shows? I know we talked about it last week, but are you all caught up on um, Dark um, Matter? I caught up on Dark Matter and the other one right after it. What's Kill the Jones. other one? The uh, the Bounty Hunters. The Dark Matter's the be- no Dark Dark Matter's not the Bounty Hunters. They're the ones who don't know who they are. Right. The and Killjoys is the Bounty Hunters. Killjoys. Yeah. I honestly, Heather likes Killjoys better. I like Dark Matter better. And I kind of like Killjoys better. <laughs> really? Okay. I guess I just I don't know. I, I mean, I like both shows, obviously, but yeah, um, a Dark Matter is the one I want to watch first every time. And I like the. Did you see the one where the guy goes, "It's Bubba time," and he goes, "Who's Bubba?" And he goes, "Bubba's my gun. Don't you name your guns?" Oh. Did you see that exchange? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, "This here's Pip, and this is uh, I forget the other guy's name." And he goes, uh, "His other gun." And he goes, well, what do you name the knife in your boot? And he goes, I don't name knives. What do you think? I'm psycho. (laughs) I just thought that was a funny, like, exchange there. Yeah, I'm still back on Defiance. I haven't caught up to that one. Me neither. I'm two episodes behind. And I love that Yeah, I'm going to be three tonight. It kind of, the first two-hour premiere was so, like, such a bummer it made me reluctant to keep going <laughs> you know it's like i wasn't in the mood for too many anymore. too many of the main characters got killed uh, spoiler alert uh too many of the main characters stuff happened to them <laughs> there's so much peril going on that i was like i need a break you know what i mean yeah it's kind of like the opposite of what i get from the walking dead there's peril but it doesn't mean anything to me that show, since I love the characters, I'm like, I, I can't deal with this right now. Uh, you know, I need them to be okay. <laughs> we can't do that to them. Yeah. And I know, you know, obviously good storytelling is conflict. But it's just like, oh, stop with the conflict. Uh, I'll get back to this later. <laughs> when I'm in the mood. Too much conflict. <laughs> yeah. I need them to be okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't they just sit in a restaurant and talk over coffee? That would be better, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> we, we need to be calm and discuss this like adults. <laughs> Do you like the idea of doing like a special patron show where uh sure. 
I think I should have been doing that all along. And you know what made me think of it is uh, if you're a uh, if you subscribe to Xbox Gold, you know, or PlayStation Network, they give you get your free games occasionally and all that. Yeah, you get they have free games every month. Now, are they all always every month worth playing or interesting? No. But every once in a while, there's like, oh, cool. You know, like uh, this month on Xbox was Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which I played uh, for a long time yesterday. And I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about yeah, Assassin's I've Creed. Played I haven't played any other Assassin's Creed game, but the weird uh, narrative in the game is that you're not actually there in the past. Mm-hmm. Are you in virtual reality, or are you time traveling? What are you doing? I don't know. That's what I, you know, trying to figure that one out is kind of crazy. It's like, all right, am, is this real? Because can I actually, or, or you know, whatever, you cause anything that's changed, you know, in the past? or Yeah. Because well, it's like, it's all stuff that was supposed to be real. Yeah. And you... You warp into their brains or something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I didn't understand. But it's a lot of fun. Like, you begin the first part of the game as a pirate. You've played that game, right? Black Flag? Yeah. And then, you know, you, you're you in that office building, you know, and then you... That must see. be the one that I play. Because you start off, you chase the dude over the island, and then you wind yep. up in Cuba. Yep. First you're in, a, like, you're shooting cannons at another ship. Then your ship blows up and sinks, and you... yeah. You're on a tropical island that's gorgeous, and then you track down the assassin and kill him and take his clothes and yeah. hop on another boat. Yeah, I like the sneaking effect in there, climbing in the bushes, and then yeah, and then then you uh, assassinate them as they walk by or something. That's fun. Yeah, I like that going up behind somebody, and I'm getting down the the uh, the fighting. I was getting pretty good at the sword fighting yesterday. Like the first hour or so, I was a disaster just trying to figure out the controls. But once I got it down, I was hop. I was like parkour, you know, just hopping over everything on roofs. They they've got that that control scheme down, don't they? The way you can just climb on buildings and hop over things. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, you just feel like you're. Moving. Yeah, did you do any of the like the little side missions, like chase the musical notes? Or, yeah, yeah. You know? I did one like uh, chase the courier, and you know, I just yeah. went up and I wasn't sure if I was supposed to kill him or not, but I did <laughs> kill him and take his stuff. And you can hire the dancing women to distract somebody or whatever. Yeah, I thought it was fun. It's uh, I was getting a kick out of it. I know Bill's always hating on those games, but uh, I thought it was fun. Yeah, I thought you know, like I said, I. I like to, I got my little assassin blades on each arm. There's two of them and I'll sneak up behind two, you know, officers or whatever and mm-hmm. assassinate them. And my fun, the fun thing for me is I like, I, like, I do like to uh, hide the bodies. <laughs> yeah. Where do you hide them? Pick at? up a, uh, well, depends on, you know, obviously where you're at, you know, there's, there's a couple of scenes where uh, I think there's like a, a well and they're they're beating up other pirates, and you jump down and help your fellow pirates. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. And uh, and I pitch them all into the well. 
<laughs> I did. I just <laughs> their bodies sitting there. You know, you loot their bodies, and I walked away. But I should hide them. Yeah, I, I thought that was part of it that you had to hide the bodies so they wouldn't come look. Oh, look, we found bodies, and they started alerting people to the the cops that you're there, the soldiers. You yeah, know? it's funny because you know after a while they you can just walk around and nobody will bother you, but. Sometimes I don't wait long enough and I'm just walking and the guards are like, Hey, there he is. And I'm like, Oh wait, it didn't reset yet. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, and I have to start running all over again, but it's, it's good fun. You know, it's a free game, so might as well play it. Right. Have a good time. Yeah, I, I, I say mine was free, but you know, whatever I, it was came with two your... game packed with the Xbox one. Right. Digital downloads for two different ones. Yeah, what was the other one? The other S. They were both uh, Assassin's Creed games. So the other one was the one where it takes place during like the overthrow of a government or something. What is it? I haven't played that one because I got into this one and I was oh, just okay. like, okay, I'm gonna. And then, um, are you, still you know, playing, I started. Are you still playing Black Flag? Flag? Occasionally, I'll I'll play it. You know, and I'll load up and see. Uh, you know, I kind of I think I just go in there just for the kills. <laughs> Yeah. Are you doing the storyline? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You see what I um I've I've unlocked everything I think right now and I was doing all the little side missions. I I think I've collected all the musical sheets, all the sea shanty songs and nice. I've caught all the couriers and um then you know, then you have to go meet somebody. You know, the the last thing is I'd go meet somebody and figure out what to do next, and 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 I just haven't done that yet. So I mean, I've I've unlocked all the little areas so I can wander all over the little Cuba map. I think. Yeah, I went to the Maybe. guy's palace and met up with the guy, and the guy gave me the two wrist blades, and you yeah. show, you show them what you can do, and you do all your little moves, and they're like, "Oh, very good," and we'll meet you again tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, and then I, I did some assassin missions, and I haven't met him the next day yet, so that's what I got to do. Okay. Yeah, I've done all that, and now I'm supposed to meet the governor or something, the last thing. Yeah, what I you also gotta think meet is somebody off the island or something, I don't know. What's interesting also is that we're not, your character is not an assassin. He's a pirate who's pretending to be an assassin. Right, yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, I was, you know, like I said, you're a little confused with it because it's like, okay, what am I really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's going on here? Um, am I a, a good guy, bad guy? I mean, I guess, obviously I'm a bad guy because I'm killing folks, but. <laughs> you're you're not a, gr you're a good guy. You're not a great guy, I think. <laughs> I do like doing, I'm doing whatever I have to. The goofy guy that follows you around, he kind of cracked me up a couple of times. Like you're doing a stealth mission. You have to follow these two guys. And I can, cannot tell you how many times I failed that mission where I'd lose track of them or, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. if you lose sight of them for 10 seconds, it resets or whatever. And he was like, yeah. uh, he was like, Oh, I see him. I see him. And he's like, could you go away? <laughs> he's like, all right, I'll hang back. And he's like, thank God. He's just getting, it took forever to finally get that down where I didn't lose him. I think I was just being too aggressive at first. I could play it more, uh, 
just duck away every once in a while when they looked around and stuff. But I was like yeah. being like, Oh God, I got to catch up to him. What am I doing? You know, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that one, yeah, I have a little bit of, I have a, a lot of fun with that one. About that, it's it's, it's kind of neat. So, what other game are you playing right now? All the usual, the the Minecraft thing, and uh, I haven't done anything else. Yeah, just other than, give people an idea of how much Minecraft, how big your world is right now. Like, how intricate is it? How intricate is my world? Yes. Um, well, I don't know if you've ever had the uh, who's ever played it, and the, the Xbox One world is like about ten times bigger than the world of the 360, because you only have like this one plot of land. Right. And I think there's like, I think there's like, I can't remember. See, so you get your main plot: one, two, three, four, five. So you get five of the same size plots up and down, and I think five side to side. It's gigantic. Wow. And and I've been, you know, I I have my little weird uh, weirdness with it. So I have to. <laughs> what do you mean by weirdness certain... with it? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, I you know you you get your little map and you've got X Y Z coordinates, you know. You got your, you know, so from your map, you know where you're at, you know. So my home base, every time I start my home base, is at zero, zero. Right. So I was like, okay, if I ever get lost, I know I can go back to zero, zero. I mean, so you know where you're at. I just don't make a house, any, you know, your home base anywhere. Right. Do like, where is that, that at again? Because you can't really make a flag track? for it, you know, and say, okay, I'm going here. Right. Unless you just happen to have a great memory and know where, you know. And again, once you start playing a lot, then all of a sudden you're walking around your area and you start recognizing it's like it's like your neighborhood now. Okay, now I can get around. Right. And then, uh, so my castle that I've started building. Um, um, this is a new world that you know. And I don't know how long ago I created it. Whenever I got the Xbox One, you know, I started on it. And. Uh, Working on the you, you so I start at, uh, digging around and making my my home base and you dig down you're looking for diamonds gold charcoal silver or, or iron whatever and so I, I dig almost all, I dig as far down as I can which is there's you know then that's on your whatever your Z axis you're up and down right and so I. And they tell you, like, my brother started asking questions to his his uh, stepson. He's like, all right, what, you know, what's really the, you know, the kind of goal or whatever, you know, it's like getting, getting diamonds and di uh, gold and all this stuff. He said, okay, where do we find those? And then you got, so he said, yeah, the gold level, the diamond level, they're down low, so, you know, probably between the levels 10 to 15. So you have to, you know, dig down and you start finding stuff, and then you can start creating. Uh, you, you start digging through, and then you'll find, like, uh, I guess where your um, the computer players. 
uh, have uh, have built uh, their own mine shafts with rail cars and stuff. And you, yeah, have you done? You that? collect them up, and what's that? Have you done uh, mine cars and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I've I've uh, I've found a couple of shafts that had uh, the the my, the tracks in them, and I've collected them up, and I put them in the locations where I want them. So it's getting me. Like further, faster, further away from me. I was like, so I don't have to run or walk or, you know. So, <laughs> you know, essentially, I, you know, I've got like a, I don't know, whatever it is, 15 or 20 story deep castle right now. <laughs> I would love for you to uh, twitch sometime just so I can watch your uh, world. <laughs> oh, I'm probably pretty boring. I just probably have to walk around just to show, you know, to yeah, like not really do anything. Here's this and this. That would be cool, though. I want to see that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got there's loves it they've so got much. these little little rooms that you'll run into occasionally that have a, a spider generator, a zombie generator, a skeleton generator. Oh wow! And uh, so you, I I make them. Uh, I make little pathways so I can get to them, but the zombies and stuff can't get out. So this is how you get points. You know, you kill them to level up. And then you take your points and you make better tools or better weapons and all that. That sounds crazy. I don't know if I could... uh, It sounds really neat, but I don't know if I have the time to sit and learn it. Like I will, you know, I've said before, like I, I'll walk in there and say, look, I've learned it, Jason. <laughs> just watching Emma play it. And I'm like, oh yeah, this looks really neat and stuff. And I'm like, what, can you do this, this? She was like, oh yeah, this is how you do. And then I'll sit there and watch her for a second. I'm like, okay, I, I gotta go. I gotta leave this room. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I can't watch this anymore. It's so funny. The yeah, little- Craig doesn't like to watch me because I'm, uh, I have my, my, way of of uh doing things you know it's like i have an order does it drive and him so, crazy because he does it differently yeah yeah it's like um is there every one of my floors i you know you it's it's so stupid okay you break up your rock you take and you cook it and it turns it into a harder stone and then you can take it and then you can turn that into like these little brick blocks <laughs> yeah which are even harder so, so I go through and I cut up all my all my the, the cobblestone, go cook it, turn it into rock, and then turn it into the bricks, and then I relay everything I've cut out. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he backseat Minecraft play with you, or is it just like no, no, he doesn't bother me. You know, when I'm out hunting and stuff, you know, doing all the you know looking for gold and stuff, he doesn't mind watching, but he doesn't like watching me build because I'm crazy. Because <laughs> it just is really intricate and takes forever. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. Yeah, it's it's yeah. My you know it's like okay, you know it's. And I think yeah, my level twelve is pretty insane right now. It's you know I, I like I said I start from the center out and I you know, and I build out and find one direction and I'll go and I'll build it out and then you cut out square whatever you know. Do you think this cut out the whole floor? Does this game uh, kind of expressive in an artistic way too? Kind of, does it, it can't, yeah, it can because then you're you know building your castle. You know, it's like okay, um, 
you know, you can build your castle how you want, and you've got different materials. You just got to go find them. Right. Now, you can go find, like, in the riverbeds or, you know, lake areas, whatever you want to call them, you go find clay, and then you can cook the clay and turn those into red brick. So you can, <laughs> you know, di- different color bricks for your houses. You can have wood roofs. You can have stone roofs. You can, uh, you know, make make stairs and stuff. So... And then you go and get sand, and you can make glass, and and so you have windows and all that fun stuff. <laughs> That's so funny. That's really cool. Is, is it weird hearing me talk about stuff like this? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> Emma will talk to me about and, it. And now on the newer, the newer stuff, they've just started, you know, since, I guess, uh, since... Um, Minecraft got bought out by Microsoft. You know they've started adding updates and stuff, and you can get, you can go get horses and tame them, and have you know have you can ride those around your area. You, yeah. yeah, don't they have like? Um, Emma has asked me. She said she wants to get some texture packs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, what? And I guess they need a way <laughs> for you to spend some money on it, right? To add some things. Yeah, it's you like, can you can buy. Like you can buy a uh, a Halo world. Oh, cool! Where everything looks like blocks from Halo. No, I mean, so far she spent um, like a dollar. It's no big deal, but yeah, I think it's. I don't know how much the Halo world is or any of that. You know, it's like I've right. seen it, but I haven't messed with it. It's like I, I've messed with it, but I, you know, it's like it's kind of neat looking. You know, when yeah. you're. It's during Halo world. It's not like everything you built goes into the Halo world, right? It's a separate world you just enter. It's a separate world, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're, you know, you you create a new, you, you know, I say you create a world that you work on, and like, uh, I guess on the 360, I think I created three different little worlds, but I, you know, it's like okay, I don't like the look of this one, so I kind of stop playing it and I'll create a new world or something. Mm-hmm. That's Mm-hmm. It's like something's weird. Something throws me off, and I can't continue on with it until I start another world. That's like a it's painting like, uh, messed up, and you don't want to work on it anymore. No, no. It's like uh, <laughs> I'll create a world, and I go find my zero zero point, and it's in the middle of the water. I don't want this world. You know, I want land, and you know. Or... <laughs> Can you build an island, or is it too hard? You could. It, it's not that hard. I mean. You just gotta dig down and find gravel and whatever. That's the easiest way you're gonna do it, because uh, gravel will sink and sand will sink. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just hard to explain. Yeah, <laughs> some I of need it. to see video just you like showing, giving a tour of your world. That would be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, uh, like on my 360, I created you know this big walk path all the way around my world. Oh, so cool. it was like a big cross, and then it had a you know a highway loop around the outside of it. So you, I could get anywhere. I could just get go up and just start running, and you know get to the top of my world or the top of my map or whatever, bottom side, wherever I wanted to. That's cool. <laughs> And can your brother enter your world, or he has his own separate one? He's got his own separate world. Oh, okay. So uh, just... but, but while I'm playing, if you grabbed another controller, your player would be in my world. Oh, or okay. not your player, but a, another player. 
Well, I guess it would be. Yes, I, I, yeah, it'd be another player. Yeah, you just have to create another player. <clears throat> I did it on the 360. I haven't done it on the Xbox One. I haven't played two player on there. That's cool. Okay. But I don't want people messing with my world, so. Don't touch anything! <laughs> I've got it organized the way I want. No, what if you just put this one brick right here, Steven? No! no. <laughs> I already have problems with these, uh, with these one creatures that steal blocks and wander off, you know. Oh, uh-oh. Do they? Do those get on your nerves? Yeah, yeah, it gets on my nerves. When I go up top and I was like, there's a block of dirt missing here. <laughs> what are they called that still bricks? Um, they're they're the ender creatures, I guess. I, I can't remember. They're these black creatures with these glowing eyes, and they make on the on this on the Xbox One they make a noise like a jet engine, and they and they can like kind of teleport in different places. That's funny. And you have to have like a sharp knife, you know, a sharp sword to kill them. They're really hard to kill. And uh, you have to kill, you have to kill a, several of them. You have to get like uh, what's called an ender eye to get to another world or something. Yeah, there's like a whole other world you can get to. You can create this uh, gate portal to another world, to the uh, ender world or the nether. That's what it's called. Awesome. So when you're, you know, when you think you're just, like I said, I'm just building on my world, then you, then you can go over to the nether and you can collect nether brick and make, you know, make different colored bricks and bring them back over into your world. Huh. So. That's so, so funny. It's pretty, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of stuff to do on there. <laughs> when do you know you're like I'm in the mood for some Minecraft? When do you know you want to play that? Uh, sometimes I'll, I was like, oh, I'm in the mood for it. And I'll, I'll play. It's like I don't feel like playing. And I'll just you know, I'll thirty minutes in, I'm done. Right. Yeah, you know, it's like all right, I've had enough. I'm exhausted. I, I can't. I can't concentrate. <laughs> and then the, and then there's times when you just zone out and it's like. It's four in the morning. I've been playing since 10 p.m., you know? <laughs> Has that happened? Yes. Wow. On, on more than one occasion. Holy crap. And it... Yeah, I think I was uh, still playing when, my, uh, you know, I was, like, off or something. My brother worked on Saturday, and I started playing after, you know, after we do a podcast, I might come back and I'll play, and next thing I know, he's getting up for work, and I'm sitting there playing. <laughs> what do you have to hit save after everything you do? Or does it do it automatically? Um, I turned off the automatic save on mine, and so whenever um, I'm trying to think, you know, I whenever I get to a certain point, I'll say, okay, I've got so much work done, and I'll go back to my little. Uh, I save my I save my work from the same spot every time. <laughs> So another so I go back with to, the kind of obsessive I, kind of thing. Yeah, I go back to my little center room, and I'm like, I shut, you know, I, you create a little room with doors on it so nobody can sneak up on you. And 
<laughs> and so I, yeah, you get the zombies and the skeletons and the and the uh, uh, the creepers. The creepers will blow everything up. Uh, you know, I can handle the zombies and the skeletons, but the creepers blow all your stuff up. That's got to be annoying. Yeah. So, just depending on where you're at. You know, if if you were sitting there and you built a whole bunch of stuff and a creeper blows your stuff, it's like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to, do you just fix everything or what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, I fix everything. I may not replace, like, sometimes it'll, if they, if I'm close to an area where I built a little room and they blow the glass out, I'll put the wall up, but I haven't, I may not put the glass back for a while until I'm ready to just go make some glass or something. <laughs> That's so funny. Why does the game put in things that aggravate? Is it just to make it interesting? Yeah, I guess so. It's like in this, in the Xbox One, the skeletons shoot you with arrows. (laughs) And they're they're a lot, you know, you're sitting there and and because it's a gray world, you know, you're underground, you you have to kind of look around. It's like all of a sudden you'll get punching, you know, shot, and there's like, what the hell? Who shot you? Know, you know, I, you know it's a skeleton shot. You, who shot shot me? Where are they at? You know, looking around, you, and you kind of have to look for them because they're kind of can be hidden sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or you'll or you'll cruise through an area, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, when you're digging through, and, a, and an opening will open up, and you're continuing to dig through the other side of the opening, and the, there might be a skeleton in that little void, and he'll shoot you and knock you off and into the lava. Yeah, there's lava too in this. Or... <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're underground, so you run into lava pits, and yeah, you can you can make little buckets and scoop up lava, and that's what I used to cook my stone with. <laughs> yeah, I saw in the Hololens demonstration. I saw the lava, like how it's underneath the world and everything. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, when you're digging through, you just got to make sure, you know, you got to be prepared that if you dig through a little spot and all of a sudden lava will come right at you and you got to block it back up before it burns you. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for having a conversation with me tonight, huh? No trouble. And uh, hopefully you'll be back by next week so we can do a proper show, right? Yeah, it should be fine next week. Awesome. Yeah. I looked at my things. return flight, but it's only Kansas City. I should probably be home by 4 or 5. Nice. Not Kansas City, Wichita. Wichita, Kansas. Cool. What are so, you talking about? Oh, let me ask you one more thing. How do you feel about the late show with James Corden? I don't think about it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've never watched the show, but just for some reason from the commercials, the guy annoys me. What do you think? I I watched uh, parts of episodes, like maybe two or three. And yeah, it's not not for me. He's trying too hard, isn't he? Yeah. Or he's trying to make it... (laughs) I don't say too British-ish, I guess, it's or like, like their talk B- shows, what's like that? their talk shows over there. Yeah, what's that talk show on BBC America with the guy? The uh, do you know uh, Graham Graham no. Elliot Graham? 
Graham Norton? Graham Norton show, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. It's an American Graham Norton show. Right, yeah. And I They're saw kind of trying to be over the top with things and be. He even he brings know. the guests out all at the same time, too. Yeah. And I there's on a commercial he goes, ladies and gentlemen, musical shares, and it's a bunch of people dressed like share going around chairs, and I'm like, that's not funny. It's, <laughs> it makes me hate you and not want to ever watch your show. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm being too hard on the guy. I've never watched a show, but I don't want to. I, it just doesn't interest me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say it's bad. It's not my taste. How's that? Yeah, not your cup of tea uh, since he's British, yeah. right? It has nothing to do with him being British because I like a lot of British you know, <laughs> I comedy. Know. No, I mean because uh, he's British, not my cup of tea. <laughs> that's what. Oh, <laughs> Pretty uh, funny, pretty funny, huh? <laughs> I know what I'm talking about over here. <laughs> I got nothing. Let my tea with sugar, cream with sugar. Pretty cool. All right, man. Well, I'm going to let you go, okay? Alrighty. You have a good rest of your trip and get home safely. All right. I'll see you next Fridays. All right, bud. It's been good talking to you. All right, later, yo. All right, check you later, man. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right, guys. Well, that was my conversation with Stephen, the, the exclusive interview with Stephen, the pop culture zealot for all of my patrons. Now, next, I'm going to put on a conversation I had with my dad over the phone. I'm not sure how great this recording sounds, but we talk a lot about uh, film music and we talk a bit about James Horner, who recently passed away. So I want people to hear that. But most of all, I want to tell everybody, thank you so much for being a patron of the show, supporting Entertainment Landfill. And all the time, I'm going to be dropping exclusives just for patrons, nobody else. It's not going on the feed. It's not going to be on iTunes. The only way you can hear these shows is to be a patron of Entertainment Landfill. And to show my appreciation, I'm doing this now. I want everyone to know that these exclusives are just for you. And thank you guys so much. So without further ado, here's a conversation I had with my dad. I hope you guys enjoy it. What about, uh, does the new Terminator look good to you? Yeah, I want to see it, but I can't find anybody who wants to go see it. So it does look good to you? Of course. The first thing, I mean... It's been approved by by Jim Cameron. (laughs) It's been approved. (laughs) He placed his stamp of approval on it. He has no personal stake in it anymore. He doesn't care. But he he would be the first person to tear it to shreds, and he didn't. Would he? No, he would be respectful. No, he wouldn't. I think he would. Not a respectful bone in his body. He's never trashed another film in his life. Um, he's just not that kind of person. Um, the one exciting thing about it is that Arnold's back in this one. Yeah. I read that review on the Roger Ebert site where this young female film reviewer just made fun of the fact that he's almost 70 years old and, you know, he's got no business playing an action role and blah, blah, blah. And I wrote a scathing response, which I haven't seen printed. (laughs) It was a little bit too over the top. 
I think it's so funny that you you write responses. <laughs> that's what that's what old people do. <laughs> like, well, why you? Yeah. yeah. It's because we're so irrelevant. We just want to be heard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I read reviews now. I read a review of the first uh, True Detective season two. Uh, I didn't mean to go back to that, but it was all about how season one had Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, and this one didn't. How were they going to, you know, what could they possibly do that would live up to that? And the person kept writing about season one, and I was just like, you're not reviewing the show. You're just comparing it to season one. Uh, It drives me crazy, these people who have the privilege. They have the privilege of writing a review, and they don't even understand what the purpose of that is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a cushy job. It's, it's a job anybody would kill for, and they don't know the, they don't know what they're doing. They lose focus so easily. Have you ever wanted to do that? Be a critic, or I am a critic. For <laughs> now, I can tell you what's wrong with everything. Do you ever remember Michael H. Price? Whatever happened to that guy? Sure, he's still around, by the way. His reviews would drive me insane. Well, listen, I used, he used to come in the half-price books all the time. His clothes never matched. I mean, he had the weirdest outfits on, and they never matched, and he was a true eccentric. But he, he also ran a, a cable TV station that had to do with music. He's, an, he's a, a jazz pianist. Did you know that? No. Yeah, he's quite a proficient jazz pianist, and he knows all about the history of jazz, and he would interview people, and he asked the most interesting questions. So I, I forgave him for being a, a dipstick when it came to a movie with me. Right. Well, well, he's still alive then, so that's good, I guess. I wanted to add, you and I never talked about James Horner, him passing away. Yeah. That's, you know, that death affected me more than anything else has in the last, I don't know, five years. Me too. It really made me... I guess because he was such a sweet person. He was a sweet person. Mm-hmm. And he was a loner. Uh, and he always tried to serve the film. And he did not have a temperament at all. I mean, there, there was no... He never bared his pain. He always you know, did the best he possibly could. Right. And I... I you know, I stopped reflecting on how much great music he had provided in his career and how much it did for the movie. I think the thing that affected me is that he did so many of the films that I love. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, part of, like, nostalgia... I mean, basically, he is nostalgia for me in my childhood. You know, if I think back to even a film like Aliens or uh, Willow or Kroll, his music is synonymous with the joy you get from those movies. And when I started thinking about all those films he did, and I was just like, wow, he he did leave behind quite a legacy of uh, great music, didn't he? I mean, and I think uh, Rocketeer is just an incredible score. Just incredible. Yeah. I, I don't think he was, the way it was put in the movie 
it didn't come through because of the the way uh, the sound level and the ambient sound that was in there. Yeah. I remember being very disappointed at how it penetrates the film. But, uh, you know, when I played the CD, or when I used to play the, uh, the LP, it was fantastic. Do you remember, I mean, well, that wasn't a good beginning of the sentence. His music was the, he did the kind of scores you could listen to without the film. Yeah. And, you know, his music to uh, Braveheart was fantastic, too. Oh, I, I went back and watched Braveheart after a number of years, and I could not believe how completely effective every part of that movie was. And largely, he, he carried the emotional part of the film. Yes, he did, yeah. His music at the Freedom Park, that's what makes that scene work oh, so well. Absolutely, absolutely. Freedom! That part is just fantastic, and his music has everything to do with it. It's exultant. It's triumphant. Mm-hmm. It shows you that this isn't just a sad moment. It is a triumph, you know? Yeah, fantastic. And even though I kiss, you know, one thing that we kind of have fun with is that he had very similar sounding soundtracks because he worked so much. You can hear that. He really worked a lot. You can hear the Newt theme and not just Aliens, but also in like Patriot Games or whatever. You know, he, or Red Dawn and Commando. My argument is he invented that sound, so it's his. Yeah, yeah. He it, and if it worked for multiple films, and okay, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like I remember, what was it? Uh, the Search for Spock. Yeah. Had music that was very uh, when aliens rolled around. It was like, oh. yeah. It was like, wait, this sounds a little bit like Star Trek, but you know what? Who cares? It still works and it's yeah. awesome. You know, and I read a, did you read that little tribute to uh, Severin posted on Facebook where James Cameron kind of talked about working with James Horner? Yeah. And he said the Aliens music was very effective, but it wasn't any way to work. Like he did the, he did Aliens in like two days or something. I forget what he said. It was something ridiculous. And he said, I watched the, the film clip, the documentary where he's talking about being on the film, he arrived there, he had six weeks to record it, and found out that none of the footage was shot, none of it was ready, and he, he suddenly realized with horror that he did not have six weeks to score the film, and then finally it came down to three weeks, and and they would give him raw footage, and they wanted, uh, you know, James Cameron and his wife at the time, they would say, we want an acknowledgement here and here, in other words, he wanted them to hit the action. Right, and he, he would go off and compose it, come back, and they would have cut the film. It's completely different, and they would get angry at him that, <laughs> that he couldn't just go off, completely recompose the thing. And finally, he told he said, "I, I explained to them carefully that yes, yes, I did say that I would make these acknowledgments, but you see." I didn't know that you were going to go recut the film. And now, and now, if by some miracle, I can have the music I have composed copied in time so that when we sit down to record, the musicians will actually have music on stand for us to play, then 
we might have music in your film. And he says that the Galen heard said as coldly as possible, well, I guess we'll just have to get somebody else. And he said, yes, please do. I, I would love to meet such a person. <laughs> <laughs> I could learn a lot from him. <laughs> I love that. And yet, I mean, you can tell, I've seen Aliens enough time where you can tell when they're piecemealing his music. They're taking little segments to work in the scene, you know what I mean? And there's even a couple of, uh, there's a a, uh, Jerry Goldsmith cue, I believe, in it also at the end of Aliens because it's, uh, it's a, it's that weird sound he would do when the alien was around in Alien. And I would be like, that's Jerry Goldsmith music right there. I just think they used a piece of it. Um, I could point it out to you and you tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Jerry Goldsmith moment. Even Goldsmith got raked over the cold by uh, uh, Ridley Scott. I mean, he, he really got screwed royally. He, he took out a lot of his music and he stuck in, like at the, the end title, Goldsmith wrote some incredible end titles, and he stuck in uh, Howard Hansen's symphony, uh, romantic symphony at the end. And what is that about? You know how directors are. You know what's funny? Um, you, you saw Jurassic World, right? Yes, I did. Did you like G. Kino's score to that? Uh, what I could hear, yeah. Um, his best work to date, I think, was uh, Inside Out, the new Pixar film. I don't know if you saw it. it. His music is fantastic in that film. And remember, he won an Academy Award for Up, the Pixar yeah, movie. Yes, and I think I think I know what the what I would consider to be the problem with his music. What would that be? Okay. What you hear when you go sit in your seat, when you're sitting in the audience, is his music does not penetrate. It, it does not cut through the sound mix because he pitches it in the same range as the human voice. It's it's very middle tone, very very middle tone. Oh, okay, that's what you're saying. So it gets washed away. When I went to see Jurassic World, I did not know any music except when pom 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 da 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 when when John Williams uh, came in. All of a sudden, there it was. I could hear that perfectly well. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't hear anything of his. And then I went back and I listened to his score, you know, just with the headphones on. And I thought, this is great stuff. It's a pity you couldn't hear any of it. Yeah, let me ask you about, uh, I don't know if we've talked about Mad Max even. Or we did, but we didn't talk about the Mad Max score. Yeah. Isn't it a shame that... Uh, yeah, that he died. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, Brian May, he did the music. Not Brian May from Queen. Uh <laughs> The Brian May did Mad Max and Mad Max 2 uh, wasn't alive to do this because we got someone named Junkie XL who did the music. Yeah, I, you know, I had to sort of, I had to force myself not to let that bother me when I saw that. <laughs> I did too. Um, if if a man came into your office wanting to work on your film and he introduced himself as Junkie XL, would you throw him out of your office? No, I've had him killed. <laughs> you <have> him killed. <laughs> it's like, dude, what's your real name? Are you hiding from the law? Why would you go by the name? It's like the director named Mick G. <laughs> you know, I 
yeah. Losing Money in a Movie that's directed by Mick G. Yeah, I know. His real name is Joseph McGinty, and everyone called him Mick G, and I guess he's like, well, I'm Mick G. It'd be like me directing a film, and it'd be directed by the j <laughs> you know? I would just have to be an ass to do that, wouldn't I? Maybe I am an ass. Oh, no! <laughs> I would have to go by the name T-Rex. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, if you ever see Inside Out, it's a wonderful film, and his music is great in it. But what would you say was your favorite James Horner score out of all of them? Uh, with the film or outside the film? Let's go with with the film. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. That's a tough one. That is very, very, very tough. Because I'm thinking through the years. I mean, I love Brainstorm. I love the score to that. Yeah, yeah. That's... I, just it was, I just thought it was fantastic. Um, you know, Crawl. Crawl was Oh yeah, Willow. Mm-hmm. Willow, I could, will. My entire life, I could pick up Willow's. Just that was one of his most memorable themes. Like dun 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 dun. You know, you just have it in my head. You know. Well, and two, that's back when they used to allow composers to write melodies. Mm-hmm. And they don't let them do that anymore. No. Uh, you know, I was thinking about, like, uh, the Avengers. Any of the music in that movie, do you remember any of it? From the Avengers? I think Danny Elfman even co-did it. And none of it's memorable. They don't let you do memorable music anymore. That's what I'm saying. No melody. They don't let you write melody. That's why... You should go on YouTube and just type in Inside Out Soundtrack, uh, Michael Giacchino, and listen to some of it. And it's very pretty, very beautiful melody and everything. So maybe that's what it is. It had a, a distinct melody. When I listen- That's what was great about Up. Mm-hmm. Remember the first few minutes of Up? Oh, I teared up. When it's oh, yeah. just fantastic. Well, I kept thinking of Spencer Tracy. Mm-hmm, because that's what he looks like, isn't it? Well, he, that's that's who they meant him to look like. They they used Spencer Tracy as the model for that character. Did, do, do the Pixar films make you tear up, or did that one affect you emotionally? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, but I, I, don't, I don't like going to animated stuff. Why is that? I don't know. You're like a damn cartoon! <laughs> it's like, I went to see Ratatouille, I loved it. I never went to see The Incredibles. Uh, it's just I don't want to go, and somehow I get dragged to see it, and then I love it. You should, yeah, Inside Out. I would, I love, Dad, I was a sobbing mess in that film. It's just, it's really good. It's fascinating. It's how, it's about how we all deal with emotion. Badly. <laughs> I mean, I cry at TV commercials. Mm, I find myself getting more emotional the older I get. That's, that is exactly what happens. Because, uh, it's, you know, life is just lost. That's all it is. It's all lost. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, such a wonderful thought. <laughs> Any, anytime you gain something, the attitude is, yeah, I'm supposed to have stuff. And then when you start losing things one by one, it's like, what are, what's happening here? The counterbalance. James Horner won an Academy Award for Titanic, the score. Do you remember? I mean, everyone, all anyone can think of is the Celine Dion song, but it was a wonderful score to the film, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, sure was. Very effective. But, uh, you know, whenever you think of Titanic, you think Celine Dion, and I think, oh, you know. So that's not fair. He also did the music to uh, Avatar. Yeah, which I didn't notice. I didn't notice any of the music in Avatar. I'm trying to remember it. I just remember it had the, the, you know, what do they call that weird voice where it's some, it's like a, a tribal woman wailing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, I do. I just remember there's a part where the one of the, when they're fighting, the humans and the, uh, the blue people are fighting and the one guy gets shot and he falls like in slow motion down to the ground and you hear that <laughs> oh uh, what about did, did he do um, Legends of the Fall yes oh yes he certainly did Legends of the Fall yeah that was an incredible score is anyone still doing exciting film music to you no nobody you know, I recent, yeah. I recently. I don't even care. I don't even care about it anymore. Yeah. I, I recently saw. Finally, after everyone on the planet saw it, I finally viewed uh, Gone Girl. Oh yeah, I thought that was really a very nice film. The tone of it. You know what? David Fincher. That was David Fincher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the th funny thing about it. I find myself, found myself being extremely annoyed at the beginning of it. I just wasn't liking it. It seemed kind of phony to me. It's probably the music. Well, this is the thing. When I realized that the diary entries were phony, yeah. because the narrator is not trustworthy, which is right. the woman who is missing, then when you realize she bullshit this whole diary and that's what she's reading from, that's why it came off so phony to me because she was being very phony. Yeah. yeah. And but also the music was very, it was strangely uh, uh, plastic, very plastic. Sound. Yeah. Especially at the beginning when they're showing how they met and stuff, it's yeah. kind of like a dreamlike kind of music. Right. Yeah. Uh, Trent Reznor did it. And is Trent, what do you think of Trent Reznor as a film composer? Uh, Serviceable? His music works with the film, but it's not for me. I mean, my, my era is over. Yeah. My time up to bat, and now, you know, Nicholas likes uh, the score to Tron, you know, the Trent Reznor score to Tron. No, that wasn't Trent Reznor. That was um, uh, that was that was a German group. Was it, German it was Daft Punk. Oh, 
There you go, death punk. That's what I meant. Yes. Yeah, that, it was very effective for that film, but it's not going to work with other films, you know, or just any film. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm perpetually disappointed, you know, that the music end of, like, I'll see a great film, and I think to myself, man, what so-and-so could have done with that score. Yeah, that's it. The last time I did that was Mad Max Fury Road. As I was watching the film, I was like, I'm really into this, but, you know, if this was Brian May's music, oh, man, it would have been... The thing about Brian May's music in Road Warrior is it worked in the film better than a listening experience, like putting the album on and listening to it at home. Oh, it works perfect with the film. Like, whenever I rewatch it, what am I noticing about... The Road Warrior. When I rewatch it, it's how incredible the music is, yeah. and how it's cued to every moment in the film. Uh, whenever somebody does something, and it just, oh man! And remember when they would show a scene of Max standing there, and the camera's pulling back, and it's almost a silhouette of him. You have that that ominous music. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. You know, it's just. It, Perfect. I've always loved the idea of unreliable, what do they call it, unreliable narrator? Or? That is my favorite, that is my absolute all-time favorite uh, kind of story, is the unreliable narrator. Yes, and that's what, uh, when I realized that about Gone Girl, that's when I was like, okay, now I'm kind of getting into this, because she's been unreliable this entire time, the person telling you the story. And to think about uh, Mad Max Fury Road, Max is for the first time narrating for us. And you realize this dude is insane. You're like, uh, uh, what is he talking about? You know, He's been out in the wasteland way too long. Yeah. But I would like to, I'd like to go and analyze like unreliable narrator. Am I, is that the correct description of it? Yeah. That's a genre. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, What's that famous book, uh, Catcher in the Rye? It's all an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. Holden Caulfield? Yeah. I thought we were going to get more J.D. Salinger books in 2015. I know. And also we were supposed to get the prequel to To Kill a Mockingbird. Is that still going to happen? or? Well, I, I was just wondering that because... You know, I was writing a book, well, I'm still writing on it, a book that I titled uh, How to Kill a Mockingbird. And I was thinking, oh, crap, now I can't use that title. (laughs) To Kill a Mockingbird and How to Kill a Mockingbird. Exactly. That's funny. The history of the war. Okay. As told by an unreliable narrator. Very unreliable. Very unreliable. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know about this Terminator film, Dad, because, you know, of course, I love Terminator. The Terminator. It's going to be great. I just, you know, Is it? Putting off, off seeing it by myself, because what if it's just terrific, and then I'm just sitting there by myself? Well, that's terrific. <laughs> And, of course, I love Terminator 2. Terminator 3 was wholly forgettable and ridiculous. The only thing I liked about the third one is that uh, the Terminator basically tricks uh, John Connor 
and the girl into going into the bunker yeah. where they're alone and it saves his life, you know. Um, that was probably the only thing I liked about that film. Uh, the Terminator Salvation with uh, Christian Bale was basically Terminator fan fiction turned into a movie, it felt like. I'll tell you what it was. It was just a showpiece, a set piece for Christian Bale because he had had such, he was coming off the success of Batman. Uh, They figured if they put him in a movie and they made the sky gray, it would be a huge hit. (laughs) This reminds me of Batman. Do you you remember who directed that? That was Mick G. There you go. (laughs) It's Mick G. Yeah, that was the movie that uh, Christian Bale had the big blow-up with some guy walking walk past, uh, I don't know, something in, in his line of sight. It was a guy adjusting lights in the background as he was trying to act. He was like, what the F are you yeah. doing? And uh, I kind of talked about that on the show, <laughs> defending him, basically saying every moment an actor puts on film, that's what they're there to do. That's their job. That's all they care about is delivering a good performance. So it's understandable that he's passionate about it. It's not like he's just going to work, work in an office. Every moment that he's putting on the film is important to him. So I understood that. Oh, I was watching a uh, TV series, a cable TV series, where you would get the actors or directors around a table. It's called Table for Five. And they huh. just talk. And they had Rod... Rod uh, Serling? No. Stewart? No. Steiger? Steiger, thank you. Okay. Rod Steiger. Too many rods for the NASA man. Uh, they had Rod Steiger at the table. And he was talking about what happened with Christian Bale. And he said, look, he says, listen, the same thing happened to me. And I said to the person who got in my line of sight, I said, look, when you make a mistake, your friends will laugh at you. When I make a mistake on film, it's forever. Right. That's what I was saying. That makes sense. He said the stakes are so much higher when you're putting it on film forever. Yeah, that's I totally got that. I understood it. That his job is to do be one hundred percent in his performance on film. And if some guy is destroying his concentration by adjusting some light, then I can understand. I wish I could just get away with that in my everyday life. Do you know how important it is what I'm doing right now? <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I never get away with anything. (laughs) I have never gotten away with anything in my life. Never. Just once I'd like to get away with something. (laughs) I feel like George Costanza. Steal a biscotti from Starbucks or uh, something like that? (laughs) Something. Uh, Sir, we have you on camera. Just the one thing. The one thing. Now I gotta go to jail for this biscotti. So where are you at right now? I'm at my office at the Starbucks writing on my novel. Oh great! Uh, the, the history of the Wall Street family is told by an unreliable narrator under the title "How to Kill a Mockingbird." 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> this should be interesting. Well, I hope so. Is it like a, a fictional account? Is this like Forrest Gump kind of storytelling? Uh, no, 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 no. It's like I thought the best writing I ever did was the monorail to Park, and nobody on planet Earth read it. <laughs> nobody. Be like a confederacy of dunces. Someone will discover it later on. Yeah, well, the dunce part, yeah. <laughs> but so, you know, I can't trust my uh, sense of how well this thing is going. I mean, it just could be radically awful. Right. But what I've done, I, I take it, I take a, like a paragraph of To Kill a Mockingbird, and I analyze it. And I've come to the, the conclusion, I don't know how To Kill a Mockingbird ever became one of the most beloved of all books. About the first, uh, I don't know, first, first thousand words are so poorly written, so convoluted, nothing ties together. It's just so random. I'm thinking, oh, my God. Because I thought what I would do is I would sort of ape the style, but it was so horrible. I said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that." So I just kept the title because uh, when I worked at Half High School, students would always come in and they say, uh, "We have a, a reading assignment. Do you have that book, How to Kill a Mockingbird?" <laughs> <laughs> if I put out a book with that title, I could sell millions every year by mistake. Right. <laughs> by mistake there was that did you hear that story about that woman who uh Stephen King's book Joyland he didn't have, he didn't want it to be available uh as an ebook he wanted it to be brick and mortar stores only because yeah. it was an old pulp novel and he, he thought it would you know kind of throw the mom and pop stores a bone at the same time it was kind of like that period of time that the book was written in well, there was a woman who had a book called Joyland in the Kindle store who made a killing because everyone was buying her book thinking it was a Stephen King book. There you go. My plan could work. <laughs> you never know. Like to this day when people ask me, so uh, who published your book? And I tell them, Random Mouse. <laughs> Random Mouse. Wow. Wow. Uh, they didn't hear you properly, did they? <laughs> well, it is random mouse. Oh, wow. Did you say mouse, sir? <laughs> but, uh, you know, you always, you got to look for an advantage. You have to have a hook. Yeah. I can see that. But, Dad, thank you. Thank you so much for talking to me today. And I'll call you back later. We'll talk about more stuff, okay? Glad I could be on the show. <laughs> All right, Dad. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Okay, there you go, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this exclusive patron-only episode, a telephone conversation with Stephen and my dad. Forgive me for the audio. The audio will be much better in future episodes, but this was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing recorded on the 
3rd and 4th of July. So happy Independence Day, everyone. And once again, thank you so much for supporting Entertainment Landfill. And thank you for being patrons. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you guys so much.
not being used to my ability. Now this is podcasting. 